This podcast is powered by The Plug. Yeah. People forget Batman can fight. Like, for real. Right. Judo, black belt. Like, yes, his power is white privilege and money. But Batman can fight, though. Like, people forget that part. A rich ninja. A rich ninja. Bruh. An angry. You don't want to be a rich ninja? An angry rich ninja? (laughs) A drunk, angry rich ninja? Yeah, man. Well, maybe in his latter years. Yeah, Batman's a drunk. He's a drunk. And in great shape, too. Like, Yo, yeah, y'all gonna respect Batman. He's not like an old white CEO, Rich Bat. <laughs> rich Bat. Oh, we're on? We're live? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's right. not like an old white CEO, uh, rich, out of shape Batman. So, so I made a statement, and I'm gonna stand by it, and I'm gonna save it until whenever we get on Popcorn and Jalapeno. Shouts to them. Um, I said Bruce Wayne is basically a drunk Tony Stark. And I have reasoning behind that, but I'm gonna save it. Mm. But think about it, man. They're just... Rich, yeah, because Tony's smart. Because Tony Stark doesn't really have any. Tony's really smart. Well, Tony's really smart. Bruce Wayne isn't Tony Stark smart. He's not, but he has Tony Stark money. So he's also a detective. Yeah. Wait, Batman is no. I guess he ain't the ops. Is Batman a hero or a villain? He's a vigilante. Okay, so hear me out for a second. Okay, if everybody in Gotham is pretty much like criminalistic evil dark people mm-hmm. and batman is running around whooping their ass like isn't he the odd one out here odd isn't what i mean like if everybody's a fucking villain and mm-hmm. depressed and batman's like trying to stop him like why don't they stop him like that's how they like to live life in gotham it's dark and depressing and he's like he's not solving nothing he's whooping everybody's ass they don't try to stop him i mean yeah but are they trying to stop them or are they trying to commit their crimes and get their crimes off and Batman's trying to stop them? What do you think is the real life city version of Gotham City? Koufax. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't think I've traveled enough to say, but maybe that's a question for the listeners. Like, where would be the real Gotham City? Because I feel like New York would be Metropolis, right? New York is every damn thing. Like, right? Superheroes got to get out of New York. Um, Detroit? No. Mm. Chicago, the West Side of Chicago. Mm. No. That would be Gotham. Gotham City's Chicago. Huh? Oh, and our, our, and guest, our, is our guest is here. We'll be right back. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Yeah, somebody's just broke into my house. Okay, we'll get a unit over shortly. Okay, please hurry. Real quick, can you verify your race for us? I'm black. Actually, no, I'm. I'm sorry, I'm white. I'm I'm full white. Okay, can you answer a few questions just to confirm? Okay. Okay, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter? All lives matter. Nice. Did OJ do it? Yeah, he did it. Okay, who's the best boxer in the United States? Jake Paul. King of R&B. Justin Bieber. Okay, last question. Say ask. X. Oh, fuck. No, hey! Welcome back. Uh, this is another episode of the Life's Dope Podcast. A very special episode, actually. Uh, you see how his voice gets all soothing and 
relax all of us. It's very relaxing to me. Thank you. I'm your your host, Dave, and I am wearing a sweater. Hey, is that why? That's what it was. For the occasion. The sweater. (laughs) The sweater got your voice like that. Yeah. I'm Graffiti. Life is Dope Podcast. Once again, we got a special guest in the building. Hey, hey, hey. Dave, you got the soothing um, Sleepy Time Tea voice. You want to go ahead and (laughs) intro the guest? Uh, Yeah, you already know what it is. We have uh, one of our uh, biggest activists of Denver. Mm. Uh, the incomparable uh, doctor herself mm. running for mayor, running, hey. running to be Denver's first female mayor. Potentially. Mm. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. We'll, we'll find out. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Who is it, bro? Give it up one time for Dr. Lisa Calderon. Hey. Oh, nice. hey. Thank you. You even pronounced my last name right. Thank it, you oh, so exactly. much. Sorry, how, how, and all that. That was, how, <laughs> how does everyone say it's like, uh, give it up for Lisa Calderon? Yeah, or Calderon. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's why I let them do the intro. <laughs> I wouldn't have did the tongue roll. But for the people under a rock who do not know who you are, could you just give them a little brief intro of yourself? Sure. Well, thank you for that wonderful intro. You clearly have done your homework. So thank you so much. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yes, I am running to become the first woman mayor, and I plan to win. Hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, been born and raised here. So, lived all across the city. Um, started off as, as an activist at the age of four years old with my mother on the picket line boycotting really? grapes. Boycotting grapes? grapes? Um, migrant Farm Workers Union. Okay. Yes. So, and what, what that taught us, because we were in, we lived in public housing, we were on public assistance. But what that taught us was, you know, essentially that you don't benefit off of the suffering of others. Mm. So you need to... Do what you can with what you have. So our voices, our bodies. So that would be on the picket line and protesting. Mm. And that was really my uh, introduction to how community can stand up together and uh, continued on from there. I became a student organizer later on um, for Black Student Alliance. I was Black Student Alliance president at, it was Metro State back in my days, mm. but today it's um, Metro State University, oh, MSU. Shout, shout out to Metro. Shout out to Metro, great school. <laughs> and um, and uh, I became a single parent when I was uh, a student at Metro. Okay. And we um, protested you know, black students um, not having the resources that they needed to stay in school. So we were protesting the administration to increase resources for retention. We were also standing up for our black professors who also were not highly valued. Right. And um, and so, you know, we, we led protests, but I had some great role models. Um, and they just basically taught me how to speak truth to power, believe in your story. Don't think anyone's ever smarter than you just because they have a suit and a tie. Right. You know the story of your life and your community. And um, and so I just kind of went on from there and, um, you know, became, uh, you know, went to, went to, got my master's, got my law degree, and then eventually my doctorate in education hey nice so and i think so my daughter savannah is here with me but my children i have a son taj and daughter savannah and they've always known me just being in school oh yeah yeah. nice was he named after taj from smart guy (laughs) (laughs) nope (laughs) (laughs) no for being majestic okay Ah, okay (laughs) the translation yeah so it started when you were four. <laughs> so you would say you were kind of born for this position? You were, you were bred for this? 
Well, you know, that's interesting because, um, you know, unlike the current mayor, I was not groomed to be a politician from a young age. And mm-hmm. in fact, it was the opposite. I was groomed to be a community organizer and an educator. Mm. And, you know, when you do community organizing, it is around learning and teaching. And so you have to learn your issues and learn how to work within community. And so, no, this wasn't exactly my, my kind of lifelong dream. But you're right in that all of those experiences prepared me for running for this race. Right. Ooh, yeah. So what's the difference between being groomed for uh, as a politician versus being groomed to be a community organizer? What does that look like? That means how you start with your foundation. So if your mentors are politicians, then mm. that tends to be the kind of thinking, mindset, framing that you tend to be oriented toward. But if you are groomed to be an organizer and an educator, that's a different kind of mindset. Mm. And I think the difference for me has been is that when you're a politician, it's often about you. Right. right? Mm. And it's about climbing the ladder to become the bigger, better politician. When you're a community organizer and an educator, it's about us. Right. right? It's about what does a community need? Or I'm a college professor at Regis University, so... What what do the students need to help them understand? And when you teach, you learn. So I'm also learning from students. I'm also learning from community. Right. That's a good segue into what I was going to ask you. All right. So coming from that background and just being a community leader, professor, mm-hmm. activist, you're naturally just in the trenches mm-hmm. with the people. Um I have this thing about politicians, as most of us do. <laughs> oh, what's that? Where it's like you almost become, I don't want to say you do, but some politicians politicians become detached from the actual soil once they get in that seat. Mm-hmm. And um, we were interviewing Bumby, and he kind of said that's why he didn't want to become mayor is because it's like, all right, down here I can do a lot more work because I'm actually touching the people versus here where I'm so separated. So with that being said, what made you just, want to take that leap like hey i should run for mayor yeah so i was also really apprehensive i had been uh, to go into public office um because i had been a community organizer for so long i was concerned about that and i had been recruited for years i mean uh you know i talked about my son taj but when we moved into the coal neighborhood from the north side of denver uh to the east side of denver um, he was racially profiled so mm. many times that he lost his driver's license mm. from not because he was getting into trouble, just, you know, driving while black. And, um, you know, so that really kind of galvanized me to do public policy work from a standpoint of a mother right. and of as a community activist and wanting to protect my son. Um and so when, out of that work, I became um, I kind of well-known for that, and that's when people really started recruiting me to run for office. And there was like, no way. I didn't want to be like those politicians. <laughs> I wanted to push from the outside. And, you know, I was, you know, teaching, and right. so I, I had my thing. But really, there was, I believe, a window of opportunity that opened up with this election for a couple of reasons. Um, One was that, you know, we saw this amazing trend of women of color running 
first-time candidates across this nation and even in this city. And so I, you know, and and they were winning. So I, mm-hmm. I that was inspirational. Right. So that was one thing. Um, the other, though, was that I really felt like our city was at a crossroads, you know, being born and raised here and really concerned about that we may not be here in four years. You know, mm. the people who love this city, folks of color. Um, I was one of the original Ink Coffee protest organizers. And right. so when that protest happened, when they put out that sign, happily gentrifying since 2011, mm. you know, that was an ignition point for our community. And um, we organized a gentrification summit three weeks uh, after that. Well attended, over 600 people from across the city. And that's when a group of us, including folks like Candy C. the Baca and mm-hmm. Tony Pigford, said, you know what? We want to change the system. Mm-hmm. And we're basically challenging people to run. We need to be the ones to step up and do it. And so that was really, you know, what. And then I started looking for people to back as candidates and just really didn't see myself reflected in right. their platforms as a woman of color, as a as a mom and um, and it was time. That's the slogan, right? It's, it's time, time for a woman to lead this city. Nice. Okay. nice I'm with nice. that. <laughs> so let's see. Um, what? But why? Why mayoral? Because it just seems. <laughs> it seems like there's so much like the relationship between money and, and politics. It's almost like symbiotic. So once you once you get into that. Do you think that you're going to be able to truly make a change or or is there so much that's going to have to be dismantled before any change can take place? Mm. Ooh, well, I think that's a great question because it's very big. Mm. So what I so I want to lead from a gender responsive lens. Okay. And and to me that means is that, you know, this isn't about consolidating power into one Office, right? We've, mm-hmm. You've heard that we have a strong mayoral form of government. Mm. Um, you know that actually came out from the Klan era in the 1920s, mm. right? So why Talk are about we it. right? <laughs> so why are we perpetuating this? Uh, you know, the, like it's my way or the highway. From a gender responsive lens, it's about shared power, and and from a community organizing lens, it's about sharing power. Right. So rather than you know consolidating the power in City Hall downtown, mm-hmm. it I'm for, so when you talk about dismantling, really what I'm, you know, rather than dismantling, it's really about dispersing or sharing that power to our neighborhoods, mm. in our communities. Uh, it's restructuring. Okay. Right, how we do business in this city. Um, the fact that we've never had a woman mayor in 161 year history right. is problematic. Um, and we're in 2019, so again, it's time. Yeah. Um, the fact that I'm the first woman of color who made the ballot in Denver history, as well, um, is you know phenomenal. So and, and to see um, like my daughter and young women of color and little girls um, saying, "Wow, I can be mayor too." Uh, that's you know we know that when we see. Role models, we're more likely to follow in those footsteps. Exactly. So, you know, all of those reasons, yeah, why not, Mayor? Mm. <laughs> I, and, as, and especially with um, with all of the growth that we have here in, in Denver, and, and I know that you're really – well, let me not – Say you're against it. Are you against? Are you against the um, right? We're going to say, are you? <laughs> uh, so, are you against the uh, the development for on I seventy and expanding it? 
Addie, how do you feel about that? I am against the expansion of highways because we know that um, that's actually against the trend, particularly for you all's generation, um, that are less car dependent like the, right. the in my generation I'm generation X and it was like can't wait to get a driver's license and you drive everywhere whereas you know my daughter who went to school in the bay area you know it was ma- mass transit and mm. um and so when you have those options that seems normal right that you right. can hop on hop off um we don't have that in denver I agree. that that's not what we grew up with and I want to change that so when we invest in you know, it's not even just a 10-lane highway expansion in I-70. It's more like if you add up all of the side roads, the arterial roads, it's 22 lanes. Wow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And especially now that we're shifting to more... Hey! You kids, quit slamming my goddamn door! Damn! Being environmentally conscious, aware... You know, I was the first mayoral candidate to embrace the Green New Deal. Um, it really is about, you know, rushing toward climate solutions rather than being more car dependent, adding to the sprawl, adding to the pollution. Um, so, yes, you're, you were right to assume that. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit. Um, you were speaking on little girls seeing you and just kind of the representation. I say all the time, representation matters. Mm-hmm. Um, even if someone knows nothing about politics, they kind of just go to, oh, that person looks like me and I can kind of relate. Mm-hmm. If they know it, nothing else. Right. But just to go back into your background just a little bit, um, being a single mother, um, you were homeless at some point. Mm-hmm. Let's oh, wow. talk about that. Yeah, so um, from the age of 17 to 20, I was um, basically, you know, escaping a violence, violent situation in my own home, so domestic violence. And that's often um, one of the main reasons that young people leave home or, or feel forced to leave home is they're just like, you know, we can't stay here anymore. Right. So I experienced that and, um, and then got, you know, was in an abusive relationship relationship as a result of that. Um, And so, you know, what that taught me is that, you know, young people need resources and options. Otherwise, we're going to, you know, we're going to be just like anybody else in survival mode. Mm. Um, But I was able to finally leave that situation when he took me to meet his mother in another state. Mm. And it wasn't the threats to myself or my family that actually caused me to leave. It was seeing myself into the future through his mother, like I saw myself 20 years into the future. And that scared me more than anything else. Because I saw a woman who was basically, you know, a captive in her own home, who was like devoid of any joy, you know, and I just thought that's not how I want my life to be. Wow. So I um, actually left to go to a women's shelter. And that was really um, eye opening and really informed my work later as a legal director for abused women. Um, that I knew what that experience was like. I knew what it was like to be homeless, to be desperate, to be poor. Right. And, um, and then what it really meant to help other people, what just, you know, my world opened up when people were like, hey, this is a place, this is a safe place for you. Right. Hmm. So we, we do tend to talk a lot about um, homelessness, um, affordable housing. Is there anything else that that plagues Denver that we that doesn't get you know enough light shed on? 
Hmm. Let's see. Those seem to be oh, justice justice reform. We talked mm. a little bit about that. Okay. Um, but surprisingly, in these candidate forums, not a whole lot of attention mm. has gone to that. And you know, gentrification and increased policing often go together. Right. And but yet it often gets left off of the equation. So when we look at gentrification, it's really important to think about the stages of gentrification so that we know in our communities what stage that we're in. Um, So for example, Five Points is further along, I would say probably like stage four out of five stages. So stage four is basically the corporatization of our neighborhoods. Stage five is the globalization of our neighborhoods where you know, it's <laughs> these are folks who um, are internationally buying up our neighborhoods, have no investment in seeing them thrive, and there's no place for us there. Right. Wow. Um, but there are other neighborhoods like um, Montbello and uh, Globeville, Area Swansea, Barnum. They're at the beginning stages of gentrification. Absolutely. And what that means is uh, that we can actually put in anti-displacement initiatives to um, essentially put off the worst parts of gentrification. Mm -hmm. So increasing employment opportunities, small business loan, low-cost opportunities um, for our communities. So basically things that we can do to keep the wealth in our neighborhoods owned by us. Right. Um, So, you know, there's lots of things that we can do that the city has not really invested in. And it's another reason that I'm running. And And another going back to the the public safety issues you know to really recognize that you know policing and gentrification go together so how can we reduce that kind of policing how can we increase our investments in community efficacy which simply means that our own power to create change to keep our neighborhoods safe rather than calling um the cops because you don't like your neighbor or their dog is incessantly barking. Right. How about you learn to talk to your neighbor, especially if you're a newcomer moving into the neighborhood? Um, so things like that. Right. So I wanted to bring this up, especially since we're talking about gentrification. Yes. Recently, Jay-Z did a freestyle and the opening line, he said, gentrify your own hood before them people do it. <laughs> and so he caught a little bit of controversy because, you know, the community was saying, well, you know, the word gentrify, they naturally align that with the white community, you know, taking over black neighborhoods. So I just want to get a little bit more insight on gentrification itself, because for me personally, it's like a bitter, it's like a double edged sword. I won't mm-hmm. say bittersweet because it's not sweet. Because we want nice things too, of course. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, we don't own any on own anything. So it's nice, but it's not for us anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even where we're sitting right now, it's kind of like the culture has been taken out of something that we created. And it's just how, how do we combat that? How do we gentrify our own hood? Like, mm-hmm. what what would be some steps? Yeah, well, um, there's a great book that I would encourage everyone to read, which is How to Kill a City. Mm. And it's an easy read, but basically it is a template for how our communities are taken over from Detroit to um, New Orleans and, you know, Denver should have a chapter in it Mm. at some point. But (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But essentially gentrification came from a term in uh, London, so it's the gentry coming in. Um, so it was class 
class-based. Okay. Right. So after World War II, and they started coming in in increasing numbers, and there started to be this shift. Um, but for us in the U.S., it's both race and class-based. Mm. So gentrification is actually tends to be negative. People people conflate growth and gentrification. Like, yeah, we want nice places to eat and mm. hang out too. Hey, I want corn tacos. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and every other kind of taco that's around is like $14. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's the downside. So revitalization is a good thing. We want revitalization of our communities. As human beings, we want to also be in a state of revitalization because that means we're growing, we're, we're changing, we're learning. Gentrification is a negative part of revitalization. Mm. And it doesn't have to be. And that's what people tend to, I think, forget. So for example, this mayor has said that, you know, oh, it's market forces and there's nothing we can do. Well, market forces are created by a combination of um, politicians working with special interest folks Mm -hmm. and they create the rules for the rest of us. Right. So even before the gentrifiers move in, these rules through zoning, right, about what can be built, where it can be built, um, our change before we are even aware of it. Mm. And then the hipsters, the coffee shops, mm. um, the breweries come in. But this this is a plan that was set in motion. And so, you know, we, what we can fight for as a community is to say we want the good parts. Right. We want revitalization. But we don't accept being displaced because oftentimes gentrification and displacement go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And it's not inevitable. Mm. Right. So let's let's look at the scenario. Um, so I've never been let's let's say I've never been homeless. I make ninety thousand to one hundred twenty thousand a year. Um, look at his brain I, working. I'm not I'm not necessarily <laughs> you know uh, affected by inequality or, or social justice or anything like that. Why would a person like me want to vote for Dr. Lisa Calderon? Because you likely moved to Denver because you thought it was a cool place to live, that it's a beautiful city. And when you got here, what you find out is that um, it's increasingly polluted, Mm. congested, that you want to be able to ride your bike and enjoy the Platte River and your scooter. (laughs) Um, But increasingly, it's becoming hard to do. And that's because this is a city that uh, hasn't been prioritizing our environment and sustainability. And that means that impacts you, too. Mm. And the more that we are in gridlock or just can't get from point A to point B, whatever mode of transportation we're on, that's our life that we're never going to get back. So we are losing time in the way that our transit system is not being prioritized. So I'm really for the village concept where you can get everything that you need within your neighborhood. Mm. So rather than contributing to sprawl, like this mayor wants to build his aerotropolis out to the airport, uh, the problem with that is it increases pollution, congestion, um, and instead, how about we strengthen our infrastructure where we live? Right. And then that that elevates everybody. That sounds good. So, <laughs> so, basically, so basically, if you're if you're not doing well, you're going to be doing better, and if you're doing good, you'll be doing great. 
Yes, well said. And the other piece of it is that remember when we talked about that fifth stage mm-hmm. of gentrification, which essentially is globalization, that means you making $120,000 a year are also eventually going to get displaced. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it like, you know, we, the folks who are struggling that may be at the bottom of the economic ladder, they're just the canaries in the mine shaft, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to eventually get up to those who think that they're stable, the middle class folks, and then the upper middle class folks, because we're going to enter an era of the super wealthy taking Mm. over our cities internationally. Wow. And so if that, you know, that's, I would think that you want a city where you know your neighbors, that we have good social connections. um, And even if you're living in your ivory tower, you're going to have to come out of it sometime and mix with community and you want community to be here for you wow yeah i don't want to think about making 120,000 a year and being broke yeah man <laughs> so as i'm sitting here listening like mm-hmm. my nerd brain just kicked in listeners <laughs> okay i just found a perfect way to correlate what she just said with adventures oh, oh. <laughs> so i'm gonna take it just a quick minute okay you don't even have to chime in okay it's basically spoiler alert no, no, no. Talk amongst okay. yourselves. basically <laughs> gentrification is like thanos okay and when he gets that fifth infinity stone. Or the sixth. But we're going to say five okay. because it's five stages of gentrification. Okay. And we're just going to dumb it down because, you know, our listeners are different. All right. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets that final stone. Okay. He's going to be able to snap away us common folk. Mm. And it's going to be nothing but the gentrifiers. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to we got to come together. We got to assemble like the Avengers. We got to stop Thanos. But now back to reality. Okay. <laughs> okay. My next question is yes. um, when we listen to when we talk to politicians, and I hate to even use the word politician mm-hmm. with you, but I mean, you're running for mayor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, everything sounds great. And then we stress the facts of voting, voting, voting. Sometimes we'll vote, we'll get the person in office that sounded great, mm-hmm. and we don't see the things that sounded great. So, aside from just voting, how can we help? Like, what do we need to do as the people? to help assure that the person that we vote for that gets this office and gets this space is really doing what they said they were mm-hmm. going to do. Well, I think that that's why people, a lot of people are disillusioned with voting, mm. right? That they feel like, yeah, we vote and then we don't see the changes and we have these politicians who just come around when they want our vote. They tell us these wonderful things that are going to happen and then we don't see them. And I get it. Like, that's mm. discouraging. It's like you're being lied to over and over again. Mm. Um, but I would also say you know hold us accountable from the very beginning right um i want to have independent agencies i don't want to have be the you know the the one who appoints most of the boards and commissions i mean the community should have a voice or at least city council should have a voice in that process right it shouldn't matter who if you're friends with the mayor or not whether you get an opportunity for a contract in this city and so, you know, I'm for independent agencies. I think our democracy works better when we have checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And then you look at my record. This is what I've been fighting for for all of these years. It's around government accountability. Um, it's about justice reform. Mm. It's about equity in our schools. I've, right. I've been on the front lines for um, school equity you know, since my kids were in school and, and even now, because I know that, you know, when we shut down our public schools, 
privatizing them, uh, that destabilizes our communities as well. Because our community schools aren't just for educating our babies, they're also for educating our adults in adult literacy. They're also places of organizing. It's where kids can go and play and feel safe. Right. And when we put chains ar- around that, chain fences, that shuts off community from a central organizing place, which has been very important, particularly for the black community historically, since there were our schools and our churches were basically the places where we could organize when other places were off limits to us. Mm. So that's what I would say is look at our records, look at our histories, mm. uh, and and then hold us accountable once we are in office. Nice. Would you say that there's a difference um, in the way that women have to campaign as opposed to the way that men campaign? And, and and I guess to give a little bit of backstory, if we look at um, if we look at how Hillary Clinton had to campaign, and we look at uh, someone like Kamala Harris, we we see that women have to be, or there's this stereotype that women have to be more charismatic and more warm and more friendly, and it seems like there's there's not those same types of stereotypes put placed on men like men can be aggressive aggressive and straight to business but if it's put on a woman especially a woman of color then mm-hmm. there's that stereotype of being the angry black woman or right. the angry uh, latina woman so how do you how do you combat those those stereotypes or do you even feel those at all i love that you're asking me that question <laughs> from a young male point of view because um so your mom or your grandmother, kudos to them for mm-hmm. raising you uh, to have that insight. Because yes, absolutely. Um, there, and it's actually supported by research that um, when women run for higher office, they are often looked at more negatively. But once they win that office, then their approval ratings go up. Mm. But even if they're in office and they want to go to the next step, then their approval ratings drop again. Wow. Whereas it's not the same kind of fluctuation for men. So that's that's one example. But just on a, a daily basis, um, you know, having strangers try to ask you for a date through Facebook. I'm like, stop. I'm running for, I'm like, do you want to ask me about my policies? Do you want to ask me about what qualifies me for this race? So that's just one kind of annoyance. Right. Um, And then, you know, having, you know, just kind of sexist framing. uh, And an extreme example is, you know, the... Um, the rape threats that Candy uh, got during oh, her right. her race, and it's just completely unacceptable. Um, so you, you, we, you know, we have to deal with that as well. But then, you know, when you have organizations that are headed by men who aren't going to endorse, uh, or they're going to be on the fence because they're used to gravitating toward a a male leader, that's also a problem. Right. So, you know, we it's the it's the spectrum that we have. And then ultimately I also have the angry black woman stereotype. And have seen that being used by other candidates. Um and so it's like, well there it is again, right? Right. Um so if you're assertive, if you know your stuff, if you don't back down, then rather than getting rewarded for that you know, you get the negative aspects about that. Mm. Yeah. That's why representation <laughs> is so important. Because if slash when you win, you overcame that. And that's right. Like I got two young daughters. And so right now 
they see a lot this like you say it's time mm-hmm. right now it's just a movement of women and women of color it's like hey enough you know let's yes. change the let's change the the platforms let's change the scenery let's change the atmosphere and to be in the race and to win that's powerful that's do you right. do you feel added pressure because of that you know i don't and no. i i think i don't because i've been working on women's issues for so long like i said um running a uh, nonprofit around issues for women um, and amplifying women's voices. It's just very natural to me at this stage uh, in my life. So I'm unapologetic about advancing the rights of women and girls. Um, you know, the fact that my daughter is here with me and has mm-hmm. also been is a role model for her um, younger relatives and the younger women as well. Um, and it's it's just wonderful to also hear um, fathers mm-hmm. who are, I think, very in tuned a lot more, I think, than in my generation and definitely my father's generation um, about their daughters and mm-hmm. how they want their daughters to also be leaders and that you can really instill in them that, yes, you can do anything um, and we're going to help support you. And it's it's no different. It's not an anomaly. That's interesting because I think that's something that's not really spoken about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the word representation is one thing to be a black male represented by a black male, mm-hmm. but to be a black father with daughters or just to be a black young man in general. And then mm-hmm. our attachment to our mothers and the mm-hmm. women in our life is kind of like <sighs> trying to figure out how to word it without like super trying to endorse because <laughs> we're, we're media um, but it just seems like the woman of color is just the natural leader of our communities you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it kind of always falls back to a woman of color like mm-hmm. when we mess up you know <laughs> run to mama or grandmama or you know like mm-hmm. it's it, the woman of color kind of keeps our community in order so it seems like a no-brainer, but oddly enough, like this is the first. Yeah, well, <laughs> I love the way that you put that because the matriarchy in the black community. Um, my daughter is is also part Navajo, and there's matriarchy, matrilineal, uh, you know, organized societies. So for us, it's not unusual. And I think what you point out, yet our government doesn't reflect what many of us are used to growing up with. Mm -hmm. And yes, you're absolutely right. My run represents kind of bringing what is normal to us into the mainstream, into government leadership. Right. Nice. We're not going to hold you too long. (laughs) But I generally ask a question in the episode we say what's one piece of advice or knowledge you would leave with the world but I'm going to remix it a little bit for you okay remix elections <laughs> are coming up next week yes the 7th right now speaking to our audience what is the one thing you want to leave with that undecided voter that is listening to this like mm, maybe I'll vote maybe not why should they mm-hmm. vote for Dr. Calderon because you have more power than you think if the millennial generation voted in this election, they would determine who the next mayor was. Mm. That's how much power you have. So to me, it shouldn't be an option to be on the fence. What's important is to vote, to exercise that um, 
civic right that not everybody has, you know. So um, if you want to be the generation that is determining the future of this city, the power is in your hands to do that. So vote. (laughs) Awesome. Nice. And uh, lastly, how can people keep up with your campaign if they want to find out more information about your platform, donate, just anything else? How can people keep up with you? Great. Um, So my website is Lisa4, number four, uh, denvermayor.org. We're also on Facebook. Awesome. Yes. So you can catch us there. We're also on Twitter, Lisa4Denver. And and on Instagram, hey, which nope. my daughter knows, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so other people manage that. Uh, but yes, and and I would just say any of those mediums, check us out. Um, we actually have a fantastic website by a, um, a a leading PR firm that designed my logo, which awesome. was designed nice. by a black man, hey. okay. Rick Griffith. Shouts to Rick. Shouts yes, to designers. Shout out to shouts Rick. to black designers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we in here. Right. And his partner Deborah. And so they basically came up with this concept and and so they um developed my website. So I'd everyone nice. go and check it out because it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, cool. check it out. Stop shooting y'all shot. Yeah, man. Don't <laughs> don't don't DM her or any of that. Yeah. She's running for mayor. Yeah. Let's make people. some change. Respect people. Yeah. Stop being toxic, man. <laughs> and I have no idea what you all are talking about. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. All right, let's make some noise, man. That was great. Let's make some noise one more time for hey. Dr. Carron. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for having Remember me. Remember to fun. vote. Yes. It was fun. It was fun. May seventh is the election, so don't miss it. And and it's too late to mail in your ballot, mm. so you're going to have to drop it off. Yeah, but, so take off work, do what you got to do. Yes. do and but it's do. not too late to register to vote. You can register all the way up to the day of. So oh, okay. nice. Yes, that's good to know. Yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That was dope. That was dope. That was dope. Welcome back, listeners. I know it didn't sound like we left, but we're back. What's up, brother? And we're back. I'm just making sure the levels is cool, so you know. Strip. Yep. <laughs> now I can use my black voice. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, nah, she was cool, man. Shouts to Doctor Calderon. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, 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 man. It's, it's always cool when like the guests are just cool and it's not, you know. Yeah, it's organic. Yeah, not rushed at all. Chilling. Oh, we were talking about Batman. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> what, what else? Since we're since we're talking about superheroes, are we officially media now, bro? Probably like yeah. when now that we're like on the uh, political press run. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know if that was the goal. I think we literally just was like, "Yo, let's just turn the mics on and see what happens." Yeah, and I still think it's that way because like we really just had a conversation. Like even the way it was initiated, she was just like, "Let's talk." We yeah. talked, hmm. and now years later, we're interviewing the potential first female mayor of Denver. Yo. We interviewed the current mayor of Denver. Yo. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Kudos to us, bro. Yeah. Hey. Kudos to us. Like, somebody should be paying us some money for some shit. <laughs> for some shit. <laughs> so, with that being said, your ad could go here. <laughs> or in our little breaks, you could play your shit. Uh, not rappers, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, what's going on in the culture? It seems like everything's been Avengers and uh, Game uh, of Thrones. Iron Man dies. Okay. <laughs> Just straight to the shit. All right. All right, man. I've been waiting to say that for a week. Yeah, y'all uh y'all had your time to 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 figure this shit out. 
Um, Spoiler alert. <laughs> at this point, man, the way the fucking world spoiled Game of Thrones for me, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why I, I held it out on Avengers. Why I did don't you, care. Why did you even get on Twitter? Uh, man, but I mean, because it, it was inevitable because... I'm like nine years behind. Okay. But at this point, like I'm just watching to see where this is like, why that happened. Why she killed the night King. That's not right. I didn't even got to this nigga ain't even came in the scene yet on the episode. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know who this nigga is. Wait, what episode are you on? I'm on like episode five, season one. And then uh, I think Ned Stark's still alive, right? Yeah, yeah. I got the little cheat sheet. Oh, my bad. The episodes, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> it's like why even watch this shit anymore? <laughs> my bad. Why do I even gotta watch this? I'm like, fuck it, man. Oh. And the only reason I turned on episode one, I was like, all right, this is gonna be tough. I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. I don't like shit where they talk like this. Um, that's why I never watched the first Thor at first because I was like, I'm not about to listen to these niggas talk like this. Well, then how's he supposed to talk? But come like. 10 minutes into the first episode and oh when they pushed uh brand out the off the yeah ledge. and i was like all right this might actually be pretty good it's like the things we do for love then i get on twitter and i got Arya stark on damian Litter, lillard <laughs> meme <laughs> all over my timeline and i'm like all right, well there goes that let me uh, turn back to the shy <laughs> oh, that's that's so awesome we could really just do like a season you could do like your season one review and i'll do my season eight review yeah nah not gonna do it man not gonna do it um but yeah in game amazing movie yeah it didn't even feel like three hours i'm like yo where did uh where um captain marvel go man nah man i got a problem with captain marvel she hasn't gained my fandom yet because mm. like for one she just got introduced to the MCU. Like, if you're not like a comic or Marvel fan, you don't know who the hell Captain Marvel. Her movie is still in theaters. Mm-hmm. It was the only other movie playing that day when we went to go see Avengers. It's like we just got used to her, and she just got all the juice, like mm-hmm. that, like that. Get your ass out of here. And then had the nerve to act like, yeah, but you know, there, there's things going around on all the planets. No, Thanos. Basically, she was like, I'm busy. Y'all can keep this little Earth shit. <laughs> <laughs> this shit going on in the universe I gotta go handle that I'm like that's how you feel like we're 11 years into the like, rest of these characters where the hell you came from like we're trying to find the, the stones and bring people back spoiler alert we're trying to find nah, the stones and, and bring people back um, <laughs> right but the way I do like how she was just like hey got a haircut and dip well besides that she got the boosie face she she pulled up and she was like alright so what's up and they were like yo Thanos wiped out half the world we gotta get this nigga and she's like alright let's pull up they was like, well, he's the fucking dominator of the universe. She's like, where that nigga at? <laughs> and she was with the smoke. <laughs> it was like, he's, I don't know, he's in the garden, you know, picking fruit. She was like, well, let's pull up. They just pulled up on that nigga. I'm like, yes. That would have saved us 11 years of storyline if Captain Marvel would have showed up earlier. She just pulled up and was with the smoke. But yeah. why they... Uh, <laughs> Why they just pull up and whoop his ass like that? Like my man's eating breakfast. Like yeah. yo, y'all still tripping off them bullshit stones? I had a little weak arm too. Yeah, man. Damn. Shout out to Thanos. That's a good villain. Yeah. Why would why Ving would, Rhames head ass? Why, why would anyone want all of the Infinity Stones if you can really only use it like maybe two or three times? But I mean, the one time he used it, he got done what he needed to do, though. Yeah, but he could have he could have done more. I mean, Thanos is a cold-blooded ass nigga, though. Like, right. They was like, yo, so them stones, we need them shits back so we can bring back half the population and our kids and our family. 
And he was like, what's, what stones? Fuck them stones. <laughs> I broke them stones. Like, like, you mean the stones I broke? Smashed them shits two movies ago. What y'all niggas on? <laughs> oh, it was a great movie, though, man. Sorry to spoil it for you guys. Um, the theater went crazy when T'Challa popped up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I need to see it again just specifically for that scene. No, nah, the theater went crazy when Iron Man, uh, no, when uh, Captain America, when he had Thor's hammer. Oh, yeah. Like, like, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah, that was dope. That was dope. Um, I like how they ended it. Um, spoilers, of course. <laughs> um, Sorry, Julius. <laughs> um, <laughs> that nigga walked all like man fuck Avengers um, yeah I kind of predicted the Tony thing I think all of us did we yeah. kind of knew Tony had to be gone yeah. but just the way they, they held him down and then they held down Cap too but yeah it was a good look it was a good look what else is going on besides superheroes can we talk about how Cap uh, went back to like the 50s or the 70s or Whenever America was great <laughs> for white people. Yo, fam. Not, not this episode, bro. All right. All right. We'll talk about it next episode. Shout out to Lisa. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is going yeah, on? Yeah, the, the thoughts and opinions of Graffiti and Davey. They have or nothing to do with the potential future mayor at all. <laughs> at, that shit sound crazy. At all. Now that we reckless and not proper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right at all just to clarify yeah, yeah. she does not condone none of this like we, she said we she just, don't know what we're talking about we just met her today we just filling in the rest of the episode great though. person vote for her though um, <laughs> cool peoples um yeah what else is going on that's non-problematic man let's keep this episode a little clean or not nah. i don't know <laughs> i don't know what um, it's a nasty world we live it's an evil world we living in it's an evil world man we need these people that are from the people to, to come and uh, clean it up yeah uh, what else has been going on Aladdin I feel like everything is movies and like oh Will, Will Smith on a cold streak yeah. oh man let's let's, 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 let's call a spade a spade well, Aladdin might be cool but yeah. Gemini man that's gonna be trash what was Will Smith's last good movie? Bad Bad Boys Three is probably gonna be trash. Bro ain't even in um the next. They took him out of the next. Uh, uh damn, how is this skipping my mind? The villains. Um, uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, he ain't even in Suicide Squad. He's not. At this point, Will Smith is a social influencer. And we're really sounding like <laughs> uh popcorn and jalapenos. And that's what right? I'm trying not to talk about. Hey, the movies, shout man. out, shout out shout to, to, to our family, popcorn and jalapenos. Y'all check them out. Subscribe to them. Life is dope, family. Um, yeah, I'm trying not to step in a lane, but damn, only thing that's been going on is TV it's, and movies. It's, it's movies, yeah. Ain't even really been no music. Uh, uh, Schoolboy Q. Shouts to Crash Talk. That's cool. I like it. A lot of people saying it's trash. It's not trash. You know, I, I like the uh, the aggressiveness of, mm. of the uh, of the tunes and the sound. My only thing is, bro, sounded a lot like J Rock on his album. He did a lot of his flow, and then I mean, of course, it was Kendrick influence too. But I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of music, man. Um, I know, and I'm like, shouts I've been, to Hove. I've been on Facebook, so I don't know. Shouts to Hove with the uh, with the freestyle that was needed and necessary. Oh, the, the B sides concert. I can't wait for the B sides concert to hit title. Man, we gotta see that. We got to see that. You said fifty. What happened? Oh, I thought oh, you meant Jay Z is almost fifty. Fifty and Randall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, I guess I mean, we'll talk about that next episode. At this point, like 50 is just. Shout out to Fofty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can be talking about anything. We're just shouting people out. Yeah, man. <laughs> shout out to Batman. Shout out to Batman, man. We, I rock with you, Batman. 
Um, except for when you're Ben Affleck. I don't fuck with Ben Affleck. What else is going on, bro? I don't know. I'm just on. Wow. But we 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 were reading, we were reading producer Julius's cue card, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Julius was like, "Sorry, guys, I have to, I have to go back to my home planet." Now. Yeah, he's like, "I got to dip." Y'all Remember that dip. episode of The Simpsons when they had Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie? Poochie, mm-hmm. the dog. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot this nigga's name was Poochie. That's oh wow. And then they like just wrote him off the episode. He's like, "I sorry, I'm sorry, guys, I have to go back to my home planet." Oh man. Anyway, that's some uh, good Simpsons lore for you guys. Shouts to the Simpsons for the Life Is Dope fans. <laughs> Man, you know what's crazy? We just interviewed like the potential first uh, woman mayor and woman of color mayor. Uh huh. That was like very important and impactful, right? And now we're talking about Poochie on The Simpsons. Ah, uh, yeah, we're gonna hear. Like, yeah, gonna... <laughs> is there anything else important in the world to follow up on this episode? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, no. nothing else in this episode is gonna make it. Uh, shout out to the Nuggets. <laughs> Shouts to the Nuggets, man. Um, keep it real, they playing right now, and we missing it. Um, so I should just be like, fuck y'all niggas, let's turn these mics off. <laughs> but we rock with y'all. Y'all rock with us, man. This is Jeez, love. man. Just, they, they have two more games. Shouts to the Nuggets, though. Shouts to Gary Harris. Shouts to producer Julius, man. We holla at you. Damn. Yeah, that was loud. <laughs> I think it shook the shit off my hand. <laughs> they even working out? Right. Hulkamania? Okay. Yeah, I figured Bruce better hit ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me pull up the notes, man. I feel like something interesting just happened um, that wasn't a movie or a TV show. Let me dig. Talk to the people, Dave. Oh, just, uh, the child's play? Dang, we keep going back to movies. <laughs> yeah. Everything is movies, man. Oh man, rest in peace, John Singleton. Oh my god, how could we speaking be- of movies? Speaking wow. of movies, wow. Rest in peace, John Singleton, man. Man, higher learning, beyond legend, iconic. Man, resume is just unbelievable. Shouts to him, man. Shouts to him. Shouts to him. Uh, yeah, black men. Hey, take care of yourselves. Got to, bro. And we got we, to. We can't be leaving up out of here. At yeah, who was man. he? Fifty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh. we getting up out of here too, man. Like. We we got to take care of ourselves. I mean, I know it's time and women is taking over, but we can't just leave. So yeah, man. Peace to John Singleton's family. Um, much love to him. Much love to him. Much love to him. I know. I'm 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 checking out all the stuff that's happening. Yeah, because I've I've been, um, I've been so out of touch. I'm sorry, everyone. I ain't gonna lie to you. Me too, bro. I've been in my cave. Besides movies and sports, I kind of been out of touch too. Um, but speaking of sports, man, what the fuck, Draymond got in his nails? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why does he keep doing this to people's why does he eyes? Go for the eyes, like no, man. That's his signature move. Either the eyes or the nuts. But like, <laughs> as soon as he touches your eyes, you just fade out. <laughs> Dano snap. <laughs> right. Like, I seen Harden on the ground, like, literally crying. And I'm like, this nigga. But, like, then he got up and his eyes was, like, bleeding. I'm like, bruh, Draymond's a different type of mutant. Well, <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else we can talk about that's not going to, like, be problematic to this episode. Yeah, it's, it's all good, man. We're an hour in. Um, let's plug some stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Mez Brands. Check out mezbrands.com. Work. Or check out your local uh, dispensary. Hey. Uh, be sure to uh, consume responsibly. 21 and up. For sure. Yeah. That's all we got. So uh, if anybody else want 
want to give us some money to promote them at the end of the episode, in the middle of the episode, or before the episode, hit us up. Lifeisdope.shock. Yes, sir. Uh, follow us on social media at Life is Dope. Check out our IGTV. And subscribe, man. Subscribe to the podcast. A lot of people listen, but we need you guys to hit that subscribe button so you can know when we post new stuff. And to stay in touch with us, man. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us. That's right. Stop stop shooting shots in professional people's DMs. I know, man. Stop being that. However, y'all. the life is dope DMs <laughs> are wide open. Uh, Days DMs <laughs> are, are wide open. My wife likes to cut people. Oh. Um, Yeah, man. I think that's all we got. I'm, I'm trying to go watch the game. All right. Yeah, we out. Life is dope podcast. I'm Graffiti. And I'm Davey. And Skr- I still have the sweater. Scoops. It's oh wait. It's sweater Dave. Like a uh, the 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 uh, opposite of do rag Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah. It is complete opposite. We gotta bring do rag Dave. We should have brought do rag Dave back for the uh, the mayor interview. No, that would have been a catastrophe. Problematic. <laughs> We'd have cost her all our votes. Anyways, I'm graffiti. Skirt. Yeah, I'm Davey. Yeah. Sarah Hubbard, host of You and Me Kid, a podcast about starting and raising a family on your own. We just launched season two, and I'm speaking with single moms, those still considering, and experts in relevant fields to give you a real sense of what the day-to-day experience of solo parenting looks and feels like. Plus, this season, I've partnered with California Cryobank, the number one sperm bank in the U.S. So wherever you are in the process, this podcast provides some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.